This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owl are. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff. Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Yes! Oh my that god, worked. we're back in the fucking building Rubbish Raganath and Tom Davis, mm. Wolf and Owl All up in your yo. fucking grill yo, yo. What's the deal? Can you feel that how? Can you feel oh that how? Can you feel that twitch? Oh, yeah. oh my god, that's kind of like you like leant forward on your chair, on your haunches almost. Like literally, I got a little indication of what it must be like to sort of like get you really like nice and horny. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think when that last happened. Charlie Seven. So. <laughs> um, how are you, man? You good? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm good. You know, the weather is nice. Oh, the weather, weather is, is good. so sick. Unfortunately, I've got Zoom meetings all day, but the weather is nice. Are you going to not get out at all in the weather and just like... I'm going to go out a bit later on, I think. Family thing? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know yet. I'll have to see. I want to take the kids out, do you know what I mean? So we'll see. That sounded like the saddest sentence I've ever heard. Uh, that, do, I do want to take, like, do, you're going to suggest to Lisa and go, um, so I really want to take the kids out in the sun, like maybe run around the park. And Lisa's like, uh, Robbie, I don't think so. Yeah, do you know? Do you know the maddest thing is that I do still, I still experience rejection in my marriage. And I, I, I thought once you got married, that I'm not, I'm not talking about sexual rejection. That is something I don't even ask now. But I'm talking about like going out for lunch and you know, like date rejection. I get, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite tough. I feel like on a day to day basis, I sort of get nervous about if I've got a lunchtime free, just sort of saying to Lisa, um. I um I was wondering if maybe you'd like to go out with me for. A... I was thinking whether you wanted to go to Ask in Crawley. <laughs> oh, you know what? So Matt, me and Catherine are literally this conversation this this week, and I like I've been trying to do that thing of like do like you know we need a little romantic date. We need like you know since Grace is born, new parents would know like you get into a situation where it's all about the baby. You, and now you have like, to she's... you have to put time aside for yourselves as a couple. Yeah. We know this is the worst thing. Our time aside has been watching Below Deck Australia down under, mm, right? And that's mm. finished now. So the last couple of nights, we've just started, laid in bed and watched like old episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I'm like, we need to, 
We need to do something, yeah, a little bit more. We need to have a little more romance. We, we, we've got we've got a nice little week away with my parents and Grace, and we're going to have a little chill blade. Mm, um, that sounds like an absolute shag fest. <laughs> <laughs> my mum and dad are very open-minded. Make sure, make sure you get oiled up for that one, mate. I think my mum and dad are still both in absolute shock that I've even had sex. Yeah, I know. I, I, and actually, the way that Grace, Grace came about, Graham, the way that Grace came about... <laughs> Graham was what we were going to call yeah, her. Graham's, a, the, Graham's the guy that you hired in to give Catherine a scene to because you haven't got the goods anymore, right? <laughs> no, but the thing, the thing is, in my mum and dad said, I could still be a virgin. <laughs> I think my mum would prefer it if I was a virgin. I, I genuinely really? do. Yeah, I just think she would prefer that I hadn't ever had sex. Because I don't want my Romy sallying himself with that dirty, <laughs> dirty activities. <laughs> do you know anyone who's still a virgin? Do I know anyone who's still a virgin? Um, no, but I do know... this. <laughs> This, go, go, go. Uh, well, I, I'll have to double check with him if he's all right. I won't name him, but I, I'll have to double check with him if he's all right about me talking about this. But there's a mate of ours who's sort of part of the core group who you met the other night when you came to that gig. Oh, really? He was one of those? I'm yeah. now just in my mind just thinking who it was. And um, he, like, he never settled down. He never really had relationships and shit like that. And he was like one of these guys, I don't know if you have these guys in your group, that, who's quite fussy. So even like... Um, if Let me get... just say, male or female, right? Yeah. Fussiness is a dog shit way of being. Like, fussy, you can't be too... Like, like the, ever crazy fussiness. I've got friends, male and female, what a lo- what, By so the way, what a fussy. lovely thing for Catherine to hear when she tunes into this. <laughs> you just got to settle. You've just got to fucking get right. whatever you can get and settle. Let's be so, so truthful. In my relationship, I think we can all see who's settled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every morning, Catherine. I don't think that's a bone of contention morning. for anyone. Every morning, Catherine and Lisa getting up, looking in the mirror and going, let's just make peace with the decisions we've made. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, one the of the guy who didn't get on Drake's boat. <laughs> <laughs> just every now and again, Lisa just out and about bombs into a guy that she used to go to school with, that she could have been with. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You're, still, real... you're, you're keeping a good nick, aren't you? Yeah, it's a, real, it's a real good kick, big kick for me and you. You wake up every morning, not to an alarm clock, but a sigh. <laughs> oh, it's still him. It's not a, it's not a fucking twelve year dream that I've woken up from. It wasn't just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> anyway, this guy, this mate of mine, he used to like. He didn't want to settle. He's like quite fussy, and so like he never really got into a relationship, and he never really played the field massively either. He just was kind of like. Just a bit fussy, and I thought for a bit, maybe he's just one of these people that doesn't ever want to be in a relationship, which is totally legitimate. Obviously, as blokes in your 20s, you know, everyone was asking questions of him, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway, long story short, he's the only one of us that hasn't settled down now. He is having more sex than anyone I've ever met. I mean, it's just insane, because he's still in the game. Do you know what I mean? He's still in the game. He's in the last ranks of the game. I'm going to throw it out like this, bro. Yeah, right? cool. it's no different from Premier League football because there's a time where like you know certain players like Rio, Frank, whatever they retire at the top they retire with that dignity of like yeah I, I, I went out at the top right yeah. I, I, reti- get... I retired in the fucking Sunday League <laughs> yeah, yeah but <laughs> that's a nice way of describing Lisa um, <laughs> so you, sur- <laughs> you you retired after coming off the bench in the Champions League final um, then what happens is all of a sudden you're a little bit slower than everyone else in the field yeah, and everyone's sort of knocking the ball around you and you're not quite the player that you used to be yeah. and not many clubs want to sign you so then you're sort of like 
scrambling about for anyone that you might, and then you end up not at the club that you want to be at. Yeah. I've, I've, got really, friend, uh, I've got to be honest, I'm really looking forward to checking with him if it's all right to talk like this. That's cool. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for guaranteeing. Well, no, you know what? I'll, I'll make him sound better. I've got a friend who, like, this is about five, six years ago, we were all, yeah. um, we all went out, races, you know, everyone sort of went back to a pal's house after we were having some beer and all, have a few boos, bit, bit, got a bit wavy, mm-hmm. a bit boozy. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know how it goes. And our friend confessed to us that he was a virgin. Right. And he's like, so... What, how old is this? So we'd have been 37 at the time. Okay. I kind of respected him more than anyone else I've ever met in my life because he just came out of it. He just dropped um, it. What, how did the conversation lead to that point? Is that, was everyone talking about shagging or something like that? Well, I think we were talking about our wives, like, you know, settling down and our lives and stuff and, and yeah. sort of like your pal that you're talking about. There's a couple of guys who sort of, you know, a couple of fellas who've been divorced, couple, whatever people talk, you know, it's sort of chat, you know, it's sort of chat that adults have. And then he just came out of it out of nowhere. And um, what was your response? I'm, I'm hoping you're going to tell me that you're incredibly supportive and lovely about it. Yeah, man, I was just like, no, actual shock, if I'm honest with you, mm. like, because... Like, he's been caught up in all the bravado of being a fucking, you know, playing in the same football team and everything. And he's always like, he's always said that he's been a bit of a, you know, he's had girlfriends and he's had people around him. And out of nowhere, he just dropped that. Yeah. And you're like, wow, fuck. To be fair, it stumped the room. There was a, look, there was a couple of dickheads there. There will there be. But look, look, look the, the truth is, no matter how good your group of mates are, groups of males are a, are a difficult beast to tackle when it comes to things like that. Yeah. You know I mean? But then I've seen him subsequently a couple of times and he seems like he's just made a... Res- like, that's just it now. He's just like, fucking, yeah, I'm the virgin. Yeah, that's it. I, just, I don't know whether he's asexual or he's just like... Well, he might well be. He might well be. I mean, it, it, He's like, just got no know. intention of losing his virginity. Yeah. But now he, he's probably held on to it for so long. He just thinks, oh, fuck it, I might see if I can just get through, like, you know. I guess the thought of sex is quite daunting now for him, right? Well, I, the, the thought of sex is quite daunting full stop, I think. I mean, you know, yeah, the, yeah. for the first time that you do lose your, well not the first time oh. you do lose your virginity it doesn't grow back but when you lose your virginity <laughs> sort of you know that that moment where you think where you think you're close to losing your virginity it's such a it's such a heady fucking like weird fucking moment isn't it you just think, it's going to happen I, I, I'm getting my dick out now it's, I'm going to I'm going to put it I, I'm going to I can put it in you know I'm gonna put like, it inside right? of a JJ. It's inside of a JJ now. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm losing my virginity. I'm losing my virginity at this moment. It's actually happening. I'm no longer i I'm no longer a virgin. I'm no longer a virgin. Insane. You know what it's like? You know what I actually going... I actually screamed that out loud, by the way. That wasn't in my head. <laughs> you know, um <laughs> you know the it's like you know when you go on a big roller coaster? Yeah. And it's like you've got all the little bit to take it up to the top bit where it's just about to drop. Yeah. And you're a bit like the anxiety of going. I'm not sure if I should have gotten this. This like this. This feels quite. Actually, feels a lot. I'm, I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for this thing. And then by the time you get to the top, you're like, you're just in it. I, you know, I, I found it for years the most anxious thing. Yeah, I mean, I actually I, genuinely look at my friend and I'm like, I felt like just going. You know what, mate? It's great, but it isn't a big fuss that everyone's. It's a bit like you know, people are like, you know, it's like you and you know, our mate Jeff. You know, you like, like, you know, how heady and crazy you get about. Sort of Star Wars or anything to do with Star Wars, right? <laughs> it's just like 
it's all right. It's, it's... I, I think any any sexual partner I've ever had in my life has had to sort of contemplate whether having sex with me is worth me asking them if that was all right for them twenty seven times afterwards. Was that? Was that? Was that really? Was it like? And sort of how did it? Um, how did it sort of compare to sort of other times you've done? Was that okay? Was that okay? Like you 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 had a good time, didn't you? You had a, like it's something it's something you would do again. I'm like a fucking asking for a trip advisor of you. You're like a needy waiter. Yeah. Do you think you come really again? Do you think come again? Could you fill out this card? Could you fill out this card? It's just. Um, it just helps with tips I'm, I'm, and for us to improve the service I'm, I'm, I'm going forward. I'm sorry that I spilt your soup. <laughs> sorry, sorry I spilt my soup so early. <laughs> can I um can I share something? So um we can go into this detail about this. I just want to deal with this very quickly. So yeah. for reasons that I can't go into details on, and and it was down to me. We had to pull. Uh, no, through no fault of my own, we had to pull uh, our show at 21 Soho, the last of the shows at 21 Soho. And I had to pull my solo show the next day. I just want to share this with you, right? Bearing in mind, we didn't say what, and I can't say what at the moment, but I will do at some point and explain why it isn't. But, but it was serious, right? It was like, yeah. you know, there's no way that we could have done the show. And I'd, I hate pulling shows. And we were having a fucking great week, oh, mate, by the way. But, but great days. That was, Tom, I'm going to say this to you now, some of my favourite times at work in recent years, man. Oh, I, no, I got, it was just fucking so much fun doing brand new stand-up with one of my best mates. Just, it doesn't get much better than that. Like, yeah, and, and like, let me shout out all the crowd that came both nights. Incredible. Except for, right. except for three people. They know who they are. But, but Yeah, uh, there's three people who are absolute egg- And also, shame on you for your behaviour after... <laughs> If it wasn't enough to almost chuck, try and completely destroy one of the shows, you then became so aggressive with all of them. And also, like, it's a weird thing that the young lad who was sort of in charge of sort of like, I guess, our security, he was like coming in. He was like, he was like full on, like they'd been grabbing at him and yeah, been quite aggressive mad. to him. It's mad. It's mad. And like, and like so, he was coming through to the green room area and they were like trying to I chase after him. Siri. Oh, by the way, I've changed my Siri to an Indian accent. Have you? Yeah, hold on. Let me How just, let me just show you. You, you. I didn't realise you could do it, but you can do it. Hold on. Hey, Siri, what's the time? It's 8.54am. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's genius. What other accents can you have? You can have, like, I think you can have a woman's voice, a standard British, like a... I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, look it up. shows were cancelled, right? Shows were cancelled. Um... I get a message from a woman. Now, this woman, just to give some context, has messaged me regularly, sort of like, yeah. uh, big fan, da, 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 enjoyed this, enjoyed that. This is the message she sent me after the shows were cancelled, right? Yeah. So angry to turn up to 21 so earlier to find out your gig was cancelled. The cancellation went to my junk mail. I feel like poking you in your other eye, a very angry fan. Oh, wow. Jeez. I mean, that is, yes. that is fucking full on, isn't it? It's so aggressive. Uh, let me just say, actually, I, a number of people messaged who had travelled some way for the gigs. Yeah, and sorry, I'm so sorry. Upset, obviously, um, and shout out to all of them. And I messaged every one of them back to say, look, we're um, next time we do a gig, me and Romesh are looking at a number of places in the north. And like, and I rest assured, whatever, wherever we are, we'll make sure that people who had tickets and could get there and had to travel or didn't have to, whatever, we'll, you'll... Be looked after. You know, as Romesh says, there's nothing we could do. And as I said it to anyone who messaged, and shout out to all of you sweet souls, because you're all very decent people. You all understood, really. Aside for that... There were loads, like, of, vicious... there were loads of supportive messages, weren't there? Yeah. Just like... it's just that, but then it's just... Man, you know what? I'm not even going to focus on that bellend who's, uh, who's done that, because that's just not on. 
It's not so, on. It's not on. It's not in the keeping of the wolf and owl. I, th- I think we celebrate. We we celebrate the masses who walk around with smiles on their face, knowing that we'd never ever want to let anyone down. Um, no, well, I mean, we do, we do though. We do frequently, yeah. but we don't want to. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're all people we're related to or, or friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I thoroughly enjoyed it being back on stage. Mate, with you. it was such. It felt a... very liberate, liberating. I actually think that was some of my favourite times I've ever had on stage. Mate, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I do think the the best bit of doing stand up is when you do it running in new stuff. I, I think like, oh, man. like when you go on tour, touring is really fun, and it's like one of my favourite things to do. It's probably I probably prefer that to doing most stuff that I do in my work. But when you're in the tour, you've got the show locked in pretty much. I mean, you do deviate from it, but it is pretty much locked in. But think of an idea that day. Yeah, man. And saying it on stage, and when he gets that first laugh, what a fucking buzz, man. It's incredible. It, it was high fives all around, man. Good couple of beers had. It was, yeah. Oh, you know what, as well, man? I went to China. On the, after our um, show on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. I went to Chinatown. I went to Wonkies. Shout out to all the staff. I don't know for a fact that none of the staff at Wonkies listen to this, but shout them out anyway, because I love them. Um, Rom, like, I would say, without any shadow of a doubt, of a doubt it's the most gluttonous I've ever been in my life. Wow, and that is a big shout. So talk me through what you what you eat. What you eat? I went with my pals. Yeah. Shout out Tommy Power. Were you and, were you not uh, able JDF. to were you not able to get hold of me or something? It's just uh... Uh, no. I, in all fairness, if you want me to get into it, like literally, you I had to stand with a load of people chatting to them. I looked around and you had just gone. I was there with Antonia and the guys were off the curb. We were having like a chat. I was like, "Where's Rom? You're like a fucking magic act." <laughs> They're just fucking being in a friendship with a fucking like disappearing. Essentially, no, this is the I'm gonna make it cool for you because I know that you need this in your life right now. You're essentially Batman. (laughs) I feel like fucking Commissioner Gordon in our friendship sometimes. I'm having a conversation with you, we're having a right laugh. I look around and you're gone. Can I tell you honestly? It's always when the fucking shit hits the flan and Tony's, oh, there's some people outside who want a picture. Oh, where's Batman? Oh, he's fucking snuck off in his no, Batman no, 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 listen, gym. No, listen, listen. Let me just let me just explain what happened here, okay? Because I didn't realise this was such a sore point. <laughs> um, is basically I we went to leave. We need to be showing out the back door because there were some aggressive types like banging on the door yeah. to the green room, right? So yeah. Uh, we were showing out the back door. And then what happened was, I think, uh, so I thought I was walking out with you, right? This is genuinely what happened. So I thought I was walking out with you. It was like a trail of us, the girls from off the curb, you. You make this me. sound a lot more entourage than it actually was. Yeah, 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 sorry. But it was like, it's like yeah, anyway, it was a couple of girls from off the curb. Sorry, that's really bad. It's like Faye and Tony. Yeah, Faye and Tony and Holly. Yeah, so it's like three, three, all, all, all looking, thinking, why have we got to walk around with these dickheads yeah. where we can just go and get a beer? So I, um, they're all desperate to go for dinner, and we're like, oh, we, yeah, we need to, we need to be walked out actually. Now, so anyway, yeah, yeah, also that they had to come and look after us because there was three aggressive women banging on the door. So that, so then, what, so then, what happened was, is I walked out, and like, you, I think you got held up in a conversation, and when I got yeah. outside, those three women that were in the show were waiting for us out by the oh, door, well, and so I got collared by them, right? And so then, what happened oh, was, well. is they asked for a photo. And then, as seems to be happening a lot to me recently, started getting aggy with me for the face I was doing in the photo and saying that I wasn't sort of committing to the photo well enough and the photo wasn't good enough and blah, blah, blah. So then I said, I did, I did, I, did, I reckon, rough estimate, nine photos with them, right? Yeah. And then, and then other people came up and asked for photos. And so I was doing photos and like, all cool, I'm not complaining. But no, nobody was a problem except for these three really drunk women. So then 
I yeah. started to move away from them. And what became clearer is, as long as I was waiting for you, they were going to be asking me for photos, just nonstop, just constantly, and then having a go at me about the photo, how the photo was. And, like, it was just like quite, <laughs> it's, it's quite unpleasant. They were absolutely battered, weren't they? They were hammered. Then I started walking away and Holly said to me, I'm going to walk you to the end here just because this is getting a bit like funky. And as I was walking, they were sh- right, like chasing after me, shouting at me. It was mental. Wow. It was absolutely mental. So let, let, let's also reiterate that this show finished at about quarter past seven. I know, it wasn't even a late night. It was mad. Fuck. Yeah, they were like hammered. I came out to some very... So, sorry. So, can I can I just apologise? Apologise. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Wonkies, I'm not sure what they even do in there that's actually vegan. It's really old school. Like, it's... Yeah. Well, I went to Mildred's for dinner. You went to Mildred's? Yeah. Oh, yeah well, there we go. What do you mean, there we go? Well, Mildred's is very posh, right? No, it's not. It's not posh at very all. Posh. It's not posh. It's Mildred's, cool, no, isn't it? Mildred, no, no, Mildred's is not posh or cool. It's how much is an average dinner in Mildred's? I get uh, my main, uh, but I uh, by the way, this sounds bad that I know this, but I do pay attention to stuff like this. My main was oh no, you you analyze a bill like no one else I've ever you met. Don't in my say life that, or... don't say that. I don't, I don't. <laughs> You're like, okay, so Tom had the no, I don't, uh, no, don't, don't because people are gonna belly, no, because people are gonna <laughs> believe you. No, I, I do pay how many beers did you have, Tom? Because I counted two, but I went out for a fag. No, I and don't. I there's a half here. There's a half pint. Did someone top up a pint with a half? No, I do pay attention because I think um, I think vegan meals get a premium stuck on them. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they get a, they get a posh people's tax put on them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I had I had I had that, or they get a chef's like I can't be fucked to cook this. <laughs> yeah, tax. yeah. I'll tell him it's thirty quid. Fucking hopefully they'll eat some meat then. Um, I uh, <laughs> I get um, I got a Korean. What was it? A Korean fried chicken burger, vegan, obviously, oh, nice. with fries, and that was fifteen quid, which I think is quite steep for a burger and chips. But nowadays, yeah, but nowadays, that's kind of what you're paying in London. Do you know what I mean? Me and my guys, yeah. we sat down to a buffet, like a, a massive buffet. Well, I, I'd, be out, I'd, of, I'd be out straight away then. I, I don't do right. bu- I don't do buffets. But anyway, gone. It was like loads of sharing, pla- sharing food and all that. Ninety quid food and drinks, everything, and that was a lot of food. Right to the point where. I think my tummy was full for at least 36 hours afterwards. Mm. Mm. I crammed more food in because mm. that's Yeah, of course roll, you did. But... Yeah, because you don't want to feel comfortable on the way home, do you? <laughs> um, you you want to be but... full of you want to be full of food and regret. That's what you want. <laughs> you want to just be but sitting mate, there I... just you just bashing your belly going, "What have I done it again?" Fuck one keys, mate. You get a uh, crispy pork belly with hot duck barbecued. Uh, on hot rice, and that is about seven quid, six, seven quid. When you say hot rice, what do you mean hot rice? Is it spicy? No, 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 just hot. Is it like the, everything? The meats are cold on the top, and then you get hot rice. It's, okay. It's good. I'd say anyone who likes their their barbecued food and their their Chinese cuisine, go get yourself down to one keys and get that dish. In is it way. is it one keys or one keys? Because you pronounced it differently throughout this story. I'm not uh, one keys. I think. How's it spelled? Well, it's. W O N K E I S. One keys. One keys. I think. Okay. All right. When I was a youngster, mm. my father's best friend, it was still is, Willie, who's like had Chinese uh, restaurants all around the area I was brought up in, Cushaw mm-hmm. and Sutton, mm-hmm. Kingston. And uh, we used to celebrate Chinese, Chinese New Year. So we used to go to One Keys with him. And uh, we, yeah. 
it used to be one of my favourite times as a kid. We'd all go downstairs at one case. Have, like, it's the first time I tried chicken feet. Um, so how do they prepare the chicken feet? Like deep fried. Deep fried. And then oh. you actually eat, like you bite into the, you eat the whole yeah, foot. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, you're, you're nibbling between the toes. Yeah, oh. There's not much meat oh. on it. But it's a, <laughs> Are you serious? Mate, it's genuinely one of my favourite. Chinese New Year I love. I love the food. I love, I like, Genuinely, I love just the sitting around and just watching people eating and having fun. Mm. Okay. It's any 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 big celebration of food, I love. Yeah. Right. But this particular visit to Wonkies was the the most gluttonous you've ever been there, mate. It's the most gluttonous. I think I think it was buzzing after coming off shut the shut out of the show. Yeah. Um, I knew that I couldn't. I mean, the way you were talking, it's like I hadn't been on stage. I mean, it's just like whoa, another fucking show in the bag. Woo. <laughs> Sort of sat back like fucking. You were still, if I'm honest with you, you were still going through the rider and working out who'd spent what. Why are you doing this? People, okay. are, people yeah. are gonna, people are gonna. So hold up, no, no, no. Tom had two Coca Colas and one bag of Forkers <sighs> crisps. Yeah. People are gonna believe you. You keep saying this. Hey, you've got that vibe. That's all. Do I really have the vibe of being tight-fisted? No, you can be generous at times. Okay, that right. that makes it sound like I'm not. Okay. <laughs> No, no, you can't. When we were in Dublin, you brought the first round and let everyone know about <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it. Drinks, drinks for everyone on Romesh. Um, okay, beer for all of the crew and for Tom yeah. and myself. And then you just sat on the edge of your seat, downed your pint, and was going, oh, plane leaves in a minute. Is someone else going to buy a round? <laughs> I'll get you a beer on the plane. That leaves us just enough time for me to be fully reimbursed for my initial investment. Have you ever been out of anyone who's brought a drink, uh, like who's brought around, and then they're going home and they go, oh, "Do you want another? Do you want another beer before you go?" And I'll just get the money. What? Yeah, I've got a mate who does that. Well, I, I don't want to judge people because people are going through it. You know, people go through it. Yeah, no, no, no. But he's been doing that since fucking nineteen ninety-seven. I, I remember we were. We were um, my group of mates were like, there, there was a, a girl that I think my brother or some, one of the guys used to go to school with and she started coming out with the lads. Yeah. Like, it's, so it's all blokes and her. And there's nothing, you know, no issue with that at all. Like, she'd come out a lot. And then we bumped into somebody she knew who said, um, I don't know if this is bad or not, actually, who said, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I said, they love coming out of you because they've been coming out of you for six months and never bought a drink. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh, is that that doesn't?" It's such a kick in the kick in the cock that in it because it's like well, a little it, feeling. It, it did, it did change the, it did undermine the whole. It didn't undermine the whole last six months. I wouldn't say that was. We had a guy when I was growing up called used to come out of us, and he never don't have to name, him. don't have to name him. Absolutely, don't have to name him. JT. Can you bleep that out, please? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> he never brought a drink the whole time. We yeah, right. We came out, like he was also. He was like he just. Never, ever, ever wanted. He just didn't want to work. He used to say that like, I think working's for mugs. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think there's. I don't think there's. I don't think that that's a, that bad a statement. But I mean, if you're if if working's for mugs, yeah. But you then... he would then. He was, by the way, in the top five handsome people I've ever seen in the flesh. Right. Okay. He was beautiful. Yeah. He had incredible eyes. Right. You think I'd just be like, in the top one hundred? Mate, you'd be in my top three. Because you know why? Because of your spirit. <laughs> It's the sort of thing that your mum says to you, and then you go off, <laughs> you go off to school feeling like got a bit of spring in your step, and then you get rejected all over again. To the fucking Greg sausage roll thud, studs against the side of your head from the fucking upper floor of the bus. 
Took that sausage roll with spirit, you wanker. <laughs> you told one of your mates and he's let everyone know that that's what your mum said to you. <laughs> then he started getting called spirit as a nickname. Sticks with you for years. They call you spirit because you're so deep. <laughs> now, about 10 years ago, my mum said that I was quite attractive because I was that sort of spirit. <laughs> you were laughed that it just ricochets from club wall to club wall. Oh, um, God. But he was, and, but you know, he used to do a thing because my group of friends at the time, I think we were all, none of us was like, you know, none of us were aesthetically pleasing probably. You know, we, mm. we needed to re-up and we needed a real handsome face within our group. So he joined the group as like the sort of, he was our sort of like handsome friend, right? right. So very charming. Um, but he'd get dates and because he didn't work, right? He would then basically borrow money off us to go on his dates, on his dates. And you'd and happily so give him is, the money because he's the alpha, right? He, he would be. Yeah, the yeah. Alpha, yeah. This is this is one of the most tragic. Right, his mum was a club singer, so she, she used to go and like travel all over, um, sort of Spain and fucking England, doing singing in clubs. And that, she had a relatively pretty nice house, just like where we used to all live. And he used to basically have this a free house from the age of about fifteen. So we used to all have jobs, and we used to. Go, go to his house and he'd be going on a date and then we'd all basically pitch in and give him enough money to go out for this really nice date where he'd go up the girl and he'd come back and he'd just be like oh, yeah it went really really well actually yeah I'm going to definitely see it again so sort of um, probably need like another 30, 40 quid to sort of take her out again and we were all like oh wow yeah yeah oh god I really hope that it works for works <laughs> <laughs> like we're an industry working for him just to have a love life. Does every group of blokes have a bloke like that? Because I had, we had a bloke like that who cameoed in the group for about a year or so, just really fucking good-looking geezer. Oh, and man. he would just do stuff that none of us could do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, my brother, I d my brother, the force is strong in my brother when it comes to that sort of thing. He's pretty, like, he's yeah, pretty he's good. Pretty, yeah. But this guy used to, like, we'd go out and he just, like, he would talk to girls and they would talk back to him. It was like magic. Oh, yeah. It's like having yeah. a fucking Avenger as one of your mates. Do you know what I mean? It Mate, was mental. You know the other thing about him? He could dance like I've never seen. Yeah, that's a big skill. He's, that's you know, a like, big skill. He was the first person I met as well who could DJ, probably like, yeah, DJ. Mm. He used to be able to turn up at a party. He'd have basically, like, yeah, why would he need money? He could play, the, he, he was amazing on the decks. He could dance. And he was really, 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 really charming. He, why would you need money? I, I still question, I haven't seen him for fucking maybe 20 years. I still question now whether he's got a job or he's just got a fucking sad group of blokes like we were who were in their 40s who are paying for him now and he's got three kids and this, essentially working in a sort of like sweatshop, just working to keep his, his life going in the way it has. Yeah, he's sort of got an industry or whatever, he just started. Maybe, he's, yeah. maybe he went on to start Gymshark. <laughs> what, what, um, what, uh, how much easier do you, think, do you think life is if you're hot? Oh, man. I think it's right. it's it's big, right? It's it's a big massive in terms massive. of like like customer service, getting jobs, Mate. just how people respond to you generally in in everyday walk of, walks of life. It is an absolute game changer. Yeah, like, I, you know, this the only way I could say it is like me and you come back off holiday, or we've lost a little bit of timber, or we wear a nice shirt, and you get like an hour's window where you can look into sort of another world and go, oh, I'm not, as, I don't feel as bad as I usually do. Yeah, and that's not even hot. I'm just saying we look a little bit better. Than well, the I mean, I mean, we do we do have a version of it, it without being sort of too disgusting about it. But being recognised does give you an insight into what it like, what it must have been like to have been attracted. But it's not the same. Like we've had to, you, yeah, we have had to graft to get recognised because we're so fucking like we're both recognised because of the fact that we're both we've always been at the bottom. Like as I said before, me and you, are, 
me and you, if 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 we were if life was a dustbin, me and you would be that sort of we'd be the bits that fell through the bin bag and were resting at the bottom of the bin. Yeah. You know when you take the bin out and then it's, you just get this sort of smelly dribble on your joggers and you think, what the fucking hell's that? That's me and Tom. <laughs> well, that's Tom and Robert. <laughs> that's the wolf and owl. That's the wolf and owl on the inside of your thigh there. <laughs> but if you're really hot, you just, yeah. Oh. But you know James the Front. You know James the Front. Oh my God. The f- I mean, that geezer, what a good looking bloke. But also James is, James is different because James is hot inside and out. He's like one of the yeah. nicest. It does annoy me. He's got. It does annoy me. Look, I love James, but why has he got a personality? It's so annoying. Do you oh, know what I mean? Me. Why is he but bothered? Also, he's funny. He's kind. Yeah. You look at him. You're just like fucking hell. His mum has done an absolute storming job on James because mm. he like. I don't think you could like. Yeah, you know, he's he's been my best friend since we were about fourteen. Yeah. Like for most of my life, I've been in a situation where someone will come up to me and just go, um, "Oh God, your mate's so hot." And I know who they're talking about. I know exactly who they're talking about. And the difference between the person I was talking about and James is James was just be completely like oblivious to it. Mm. Completely oblivious. Well, that's Never taken advantage yeah. of it. Whereas that's, that's where James and I differ. Because if I was attractive, I'd just be constantly noticing. Like, oh, I think she's checking me out. I think she's checking me out. <laughs> I think he's checking me out. Fucking hell. I can barely sit down. I, get, I get excited if a dog snarls at me. <laughs> Oh, God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, should we do some emails, my G? Let's do it, my bro. Uh, okay. This is... Uh, oh, just carrying on, by the way, from what we talked about before. Pebblegate. Yeah. People, people... This has gone massive, this arse pebble thing. Yeah, let me just say as well, right? Anyone who's fucking bringing it as a bone of contention, it's everywhere. There's been a whole big thing at the moment about people sticking potatoes up their butts. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't seen that. People have, yeah. Why are, people sticking, you know, why are people sticking potatoes up there? Same sort of thing. People are freezing potatoes and sticking them up there. But I do not advocate that. Okay? And also, I must say this. Someone messaged me. Won't name them. Great person. Sweet, sweet soul. Uh, game changer, really. They said, why don't you have, like, a little sort of rockery in your garden? And that's where you, you use an ass pebble. And then you put your ass pebble out to the garden after you've used it once. That is advice. It's sad advice, and I think it's advice I'm going to take. Um, so, thank you so much. What a nice, what a nice little rockery for Catherine to look at up from your house. Oh, that's Tom's ass rockery. That is, and gets bigger every time we order from the Crown of India. Um, it's a mountain. Can I tell you something? Two thousand twenty-eight. I, I would rather yeah. have chips. I if I'd say, would, would you? T- would I take it with me if I moved house? I'd have to, wouldn't I? Actually, it's quite nice to leave it there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't tell the prospective buyers. No, um, I, I, um, I would rather have, I would rather eat chips made from a potato that's been up someone's ass than sweet potato fries. There you go, I said it. Wow, yeah. 
No, wow. I, 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 honestly, I'm not having them at all. I've never seen you this angry about anything. I just hate sweet potato fries. I mean, obviously, that, first of all, that's bullshit. I mean, this is another <laughs> one of your things. Oh, why did I talk like that? It's another one of your things. Oh, my God. That is awful. <laughs> I hate sweet potato fries. I do hate, su- a... I do hate why, sweet why? potato fries. I just think they're awful. I hate them. I don't want them as an option. I think you get them crispy enough and you get a nice bit of fucking Himalayan salt on those bad boys. A little bit of sriracha squeezed yeah, over Yeah, them. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. But all of that you've just described is better if you have it on regular fries. Oh, of course, of course. Mate, there's, you can't beat old school chips. Yeah. You can't. You can try, but you won't. Yeah. Like, let me just say, to any scientists out there, any fucking new cuisine bakers, I want to say now, or cookers, right? Fuck right. <laughs> Let me just say now, leave it with chips, mate. Just leave it. What does that Don't, mean? All this polenta fries and zucchini fries, just leave it to the potato. It's been holding out society for the last... I don't know, 400 years or whatever, thousands of years probably even actually. <clears throat> so just leave and let the potato do his thing and just like go on and do so. I'll tell you what, mate, have a look at broccoli because broccoli's letting the side down all day what long. What are you talking about? Mate, broccoli is an absolute disgrace to any plate. What a load of shit. What I eat a broccoli because I have to. I still to look at broccoli like I did when I was like first learning to eat. I eat it because I know it's good for me, but it's the first thing that's gone on my plate. I, I I just think broccoli can be look look, but bro, at least broccoli's not masquerading as a junk food, right? You eat broccoli, you eat broccoli. Broccoli knows what it is, okay? It's a healthy you know what I think? option. I, th- I think the reason you're being like this is because if you were on a plate, you would be broccoli. Why are you so horrible to me? I'm not. I'm joking. You know I love you more You're than You're so horrible to me. <laughs> no, yeah, but you well, listen, say that much. You listen, love broccoli. Right, listen, listen, I'm telling you this you. now. Broccoli, right? Stir-fried, chilli flakes, nice bit of seasoning, bangs, okay? That's all I'm going to say about it, right? Yeah, but that's the same thing with sweet potato fries. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to throw it out there, mate. If I go to your house, right, and you're cooking, and you're going to trouble... Put some sprouts on my plate. I'd literally get up, shake you by the hand, and I'd tell everyone I know that you're broccoli a fucking is, renegade. Broccoli is better than sprouts. No way. That's insane. Yes, 100% all day, all okay. day long. Turn it better than broccoli. No. I think every vegetable, zucchini, eggplant, everything. Do you know what I mean? It's all sorry, like sorry, fucking... sorry, Chad. What, what's, <laughs> what's, what's zucchini and fucking eggplant? <laughs> Do you mean courgette and aubergine? <laughs> Yeah, man, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, okay. If I was in a nightclub and you brought broccoli, broccoli out with you, I'd just say, let's, you know, tell your mate to go home, mate. He's fucking well, it's, it, it, it's good to know because I'm often, I'm often carrying around a fucking bag of broccoli. <laughs> the vaults. <laughs> um, okay. Dear Swan, Cat, Cat, Wolf and Owl. This is from the Floppy-Eared Rabbit. Uh, I'm 27 years old, and one of your international listeners from Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, wow! And I discovered we didn't say. Oh God, I've got the fucking giggles. 
Um, and I just... <laughs> I discovered your podcast a few months ago. Since then, I've been listening to all episodes and now I've caught up with the current one. So I thought I'd email in. Before I get to my actual question, I need to weigh in on Pebblegate. I suffer from hemorrhoids every now and again and, then, and have a pebble I keep in a little box in the freezer. Whenever I have hemorrhoids, I take my pebble, I stick it up my bum and I keep it there for a few minutes. Due to the cold temperature, the hemorrhoids contract and move in again. An absolute lifesaver. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is validation. Yeah, it is validation. In Germany. It is validation. Yeah. And oh, that's my where, God. I and want to get a listen. flight out to Frankfurt right now. Yeah. Literally get there, take, take a pebble of my own, and then just chink pebbles like a toast. Okay. What a wonderful <laughs> evening that would be. Count me out. Uh, on to my actual question. So, anyway, congratulations, Tom. It turns out that there's actually medical medical evidence here that it works. Yeah. Uh, on to my actual question. I'm currently working in a full-time job. We're doing a master's degree on top of that. I'm finding it really hard to find time to relax on the weekends. That's the only time I have to write my thesis. I need to hand it in by the end of September. So my question is, what do you do to relax during really stressful periods? Grateful for any advice? Yo, floppy ear rabbit, number one. I, I just feel this kindred spirit with you right now. I just feel like hands across the ocean uh, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, two great minds. Um, so shout out for you and shout out your pebble for all its hard work that it's doing with your hemorrhoids. Um, I would say that I actually struggle a little bit with this myself. I'd, I'd, I'd be lying if I had the, an answer to this because I've actually, this week, uh, me and Catherine have had long chats about me not being able to relax and me not being able to, you know, I've been, me and Rom, you know, we were busy with the gigs and I've been busy with other stuff and sometimes you get caught up in, uh, you know, work and, you know, wanting to work as hard as you can. I think, some part of uh, that for me, as is Rom, I think we both suffer from this imposter syndrome. Anyway, this isn't about me, champ. It's about you. Um, I'd say the most good work, anyway, is is done if you can find a way of actually sort of chilling out and 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 zen, zenning out. I find like going for a long walk. I find is amazing. I think like um, having a little bit of time time away from your desk, uh, just to go and do something with a loved one or you know just go out to some friends a couple of drinks um i think you sort of i think the, the probably the worst way for me of and, and if i try to work and i do it all the time and it never really helps me is just sitting in front of a computer willing yourself to be able to do something and bullying yourself and going right i need to get this done i need to get that done i need to get this done and nothing ever really comes of it because you'll just end up disliking the thing that you're doing uh, sitting at yeah you know, i'm blessed that, uh, that what i do i love what i do for a living but at times it can be it can be quite taxing. So you, yeah, I think it's just sitting down, enjoying it, but taking a little bit of time, taking some time for yourself, um, taking some time with family, and then when you when you do go to do your thesis or you do go to do your work, you've had that little respite. So I could have probably done that in about fucking half the time I did. But floppy eared rabbit, I love the way you did it. Love you, G. Uh, floppy eared rabbit, thank you so much for validating Tom's uh, pebble advice. Um, this is my advice to you uh, with regards to relaxation, and it's something that's really helped me is it doesn't matter what you do, because there's loads of different things you can do to relax. What does matter is that you compartmentalise the time. And what I mean by that is when you're working and you've got a lot of work on, um, which it sounds like you do, the mistake that people make is they try and just find relaxation time mixed in around their other things. What you want to do is if you've got to work on your thesis, allocate some time to work on your thesis. And when you've done that time, you go, I'm in relaxation time now. And you do not think about work. You just completely disconnect from work entirely. And that is about relaxation. Because I've had days where I've had days off and I thought I could do some writing today. 
but I do also want to relax. And then I've fallen in between those two stools for the entire day. And I get to the end of the day and I haven't done any work and I also haven't relaxed. So my advice to you is, is to separate and allocate yourself some proper protected relaxation time, completely protected. You're not even looking at anything work-related. Um, and I think you'll find that makes a massive difference. And then whatever it is you want to do beyond that is up to you, really. But um, whatever you do, commit to it like you're committing to work. So if that's playing video games, you commit to playing video games like if you were committing to your thesis. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, that would be my advice to you. Uh, thank you very much for your email. Here is a bit of an uplifting little ting ting. Oh, my favourite. This is from the leopard and the koala. Oh. Um, there's, a, there's a photo with this, which I won't share, but it's lovely. Um, dear Wolf Allen Swan. What's the photo? Just describe the photo, please. Okay. It's the leopard and the koala, who are a, uh, a man and a woman who are in a couple, sat yeah. uh, on their honeymoon. And, they're, oh, and they've both got sunglasses on. They look like they're having a really relaxing time. He's got, he's got quite a drippy watch on. She looks... She looks lovely, actually. Very nice, summery outfit. Um, they look like they're very much in love. Shoes, sandals, flip-flops. The shoes aren't in the thing. But, but based okay. on their outfits, I'm going to guess flip-flops, based on what they're wearing. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, okay. Uh, Dear Wolf Allen Swan, I'm sat listening on my honeymoon with my gorgeous wife, the koala. I just wanted to say a big thank you for all the positive vibes this podcast has been dishing out for the last year. I've been listening from the start, and it's been a highlight of my week to listen to the two of you. I'm a fairly big bloke, always have been. And beach holidays have always come with a tinge of self-consciousness about showing off my body. Oh, mate, we've been there. The one thing that's always given me some confidence to combat this has been my hair. I've been lucky enough to be blessed with a strong hairline, so much so that it's something that I re regularly got compliments about and made me feel good about my overall appearance. The koala and I finally got married in February after having our original date cancelled because of lockdown. On the day, I felt great. Drippy suit, good hair, and looking the best I had in a while. However, a week after the wedding, I developed alopecia. My hair started falling out in larger and larger chunks. The one thing that's always been my self-esteem saving grace had given up on me. Having tried numerous treatments from the doctors, nothing seemed to be working, and the bald spots got larger and more frequent across my head. As our honeymoon approached, I felt more and more nervous about being sat around the pool with my leopard print head and dad bod on show. I decided the only option was to shave it all off and wait for it to all grow back, hopefully, at some point. I decided to Google bald men with beards. This is wonderful, by the way. To give me an idea of how I might look and who should appear in the search but the wolf in all his big, bald, beardy, drippy glory. That was it. I decided to do it that day and brave the shave a day before we flirt on honeymoon. I'm now sat behind by the pool, proudly sporting my shaved head and dad bod and feeling the most relaxed and least self-conscious I have for a long... Oh, my God, man. This is so fucking... Wow. Well, literally getting... <laughs> me too, man. Like, tingles, like, goosebumps. S seeing the wolf rock the look and hearing the countless you do use and amazing advice you two have dished out on the podcast has been a major factor in helping me make the decision to own my look, so thank you. Also, the biggest shout-out to the gorgeous koala who makes me feel amazing every day, no matter what. Thanks again, my guys, the leopard and the koala. Wow, man. Oh, my God. Wow. What an email. What an email. That's a top shelfer right there, baby. That's, like, genuinely, I feel like I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm kind of speechless. And, like, I shout you out because you're an absolute legend, man. That's, like, that's a phenomenal thing to write in and say. And good for you. Do you know what? I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to say this to you, Leopard. You could not tell from your photo. You look fucking great. You look so happy. You two are such a gorgeous couple. You couldn't tell that you've been going for that show. You look brilliant, man. I'm so, oh my God. This, this, I wow. feel like I've, got, like I've had like a fucking good mood fucking injection or something like that, man. It's, mate, mate, that's, 
you know what? Genuinely, I feel like so fucking like that's crazy, man. That's like what a beautiful thing. And like you know that like people like that, that I just find inspirational. Like that is I do. I like, I, what, I, I totally what? agree. I totally agree. That's an incredible thing right there. And like so, like, oh, there's nothing really you could like. He's both of them legends, and so ha- and you know what makes you really happy is that they found each other. They've got each other. And that's 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 what life's all about. So you know what? I just toast you both for a long, happy marriage. And um, yeah, so much love to you both. Uh, I'm going to say this on behalf of the Wolf and Our podcast. We would love to get your honeymoon present. So if you give us your address on email, we'll send you a little bundle of merch uh, Yo, to say congratulations. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, thanks so much for your email, man. Oh my god, I feel incredible. Wow, how are you going to top that? Uh, well, let's not put let's not put pressure on the. Um... I wouldn't want to follow that with one of my sum ups. So yeah. So uh, this is a uh, this is an advice request, and it's quite a long email. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. So um, I'm going to get my best reading voice out on here. Uh, dear Wolf, Al Swan and Cat, Sprocker Spaniel. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> Sprocker Spaniel here. Would appreciate anonymity and I uh, apologise for the length of this email. First of all, can I say that I love the podcast? As someone who's never into any podcast, yours was the first I gave any time to. It's the best decision I ever made. It's almost served as a gateway drug into other... Po- oh dear, that's a shame. As I listen to a few others now, but still none hold a candle to this one. Anyway, I'm, needing, I'm, I'm in need of some in-law advice. I thought it said law advice. I thought, fucking hell, you really have turned to the wrong people. And who better to turn to the new sweet souls to provide it? I live with my wife and four-year-old daughter. My mother-in-law has basically started this thing where she asks if she can stay at our house whenever she visits. Oh, my God. On top of it being weird as fuck to think this is normal, there are a few other things that make this even more annoying to me. One, she separated from my father-in-law, who's an absolute legend, by the way, and remarried another guy a few years ago. I can tell my wife isn't fully 100% on this guy, but it's like her mum is trying to force us all into loving this guy. Two, we live in a three-bed house, but the spare third bedroom has no bed and serves as my wife's dressing room. Where the fuck her mum thinks she's sleeping is beyond me. <laughs> Three, they live within a 20-minute drive from us so they can easily go home. I'm all for people stopping a what? bit. I'm, st- I'm all for people stopping a bit later, but when it comes to bedtime, call me old-fashioned, but having other adults in my house when I get ready for bed makes me feel like I'm in a Louis Theroux documentary. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, they aren't the best company. They sit on their phones for 75% of the time on Facebook. They're the sort of people that don't watch factual news but like to get their news from Facebook. You know the type. The other 25% of the time, they seem to fish for arguments with me and my wife or just to disagree with anything we say or make comments that will annoy us. The mother-in-law's hubby is the kind of guy that's always done better than you. If you've got a few, if Chuck Ice, he's got a magnum. If I'm going to Tenerife, he's going to Eleven Reef. <laughs> a few examples. When we've made the effort on an epic Sunday roast, the type that's basically a Christmas dinner in March, they've come to the table making shitty comments like I would have preferred mash to roast potato. Or if I offer a beer, it's like, nah, I don't drink that beer. We've seen him drinking said beer brand in his own house since this. When we called him out on it, the prick tried gaslighting us, denied he'd ever said it. Another example involves this very podcast. Oh, hello. A few months ago, I recommended it to him. You should listen to The Wolf for Now with Romish and Tom. He replied, nah, I can't stand them. Oh, who is this fucking <laughs> I took offence to this. I won't hear some dickhead speak ill of my kid. So I asked him if he even knew who you were. Spoiler alert, he got all aggy. Started acting like I was some cheeky little kid for daring to ask him and just desperately tried to change the subject. As I pressed, he refused to answer, and then he refused, even resorted to saying he never heard it in the first place. He never said it in the first place. Wow. I'm only giving the tip of the iceberg here, but hopefully you can see how, fr- how frustrating this is becoming. Anyway, my wife has tried to politely tell them that while they can come as often as they like, we prefer if they didn't stay. This hasn't worked, and they're basically telling us they're staying at our house in a few weeks' time. Do I step in? Do I tell my partner what she should say? Do I put up with it, bottle up the frustration, and let it contribute towards a massive heart attack later in life? Oh, God. Again, any ideas or suggestions would be appreciated. Yours sincerely, the Sprocker Spaniel. Wow, Sprocker. Um, you have got a fucking humongous helmet in your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
you know what, bro, like, this is very, very close to home. So I don't know how much good advice I can give you because, and I don't know how much of this I can really talk about, but I've literally been in exactly your situation. And uh, the way I handled it means that we just don't have anything to do with our mother-in-law and my stepfather-in-law. Like at our wedding, we're like, our seats for shit. The food was a very, you know, literally listening to your email is like literally where I was five, six, seven years ago. The same like sort of vibe about anyone, anything I liked, any films I liked would always be, you know, any football that I liked, uh, players that I liked. Even to the point of even my career would be like, at that time, obviously, you talk five, six years ago, he was like, um, oh, you'll never be on Strictly or you'll never be on the jump. <laughs> Like, wow. so... Are those the markers? Yeah, no, for him, that's what I mean. Yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was never an intention of mine to do either of those things. But if I'm honest, man, I, I bottled a lot of it up and I just tried to be positive, tried to be nice, tried to get on with him. Uh, and Catherine is like, you know, the kindest, most lovely person. And, and she tried as well. And it just, in the end, just got to a situation when we were both like, we can't actually do that. It's like, is so hard on both of us that yeah we just sort of ended up basically all walking away and just like you know and and now we we have very little to do with each other because i think we probably should have all sat down and talked about stuff and we didn't we just let things stew and it probably was the worst way of doing it but if i'm going to be really honest my spaniel friend i think there's a generation thing where certainly men of a certain age and maybe women not so, not so much but they, you know, it's really hard to get through to them. It's really, really difficult because they're so set in their ways and they're so, they, they'd rather lose family, friends, loved ones than ever admit they're wrong. Look, man, just in life and just this is a general thing just across everything, you know, and I'll sort of talk about this when I'm ready because it's something that sort of happened to me in the last week, 10 days. But the thing that I've sort of realised and it was, re you know, it sort of reiterated more in my mind is, you have to spend time with positive people and people that make you feel better about yourself. I'm not saying you've got to run around sort of patting people on the back, but, but you have to spend time with people whose company you enjoy and people that don't make you upset or don't make you feel down. Because it's life is fucking short, man. It's so short and it can just be snuffed away and it can be gone at any which way or any time. And any time you're spending with people who don't make you feel good about yourself and you're not making them feel good about yourself and it all feels a little bit toxic or negative, it's just a waste of time. You might as well just be making fart noises in the wind and, and just, so for me, have the conversation. If he listens, great. If he doesn't, fuck him. Great advice. <laughs> great advice. Uh, Sprocket Spaniel, here's uh, my take on it, is that, you're going to have to, I mean, they're just annoying, aren't they? I mean, this guy sounds like an absolute weapons-grade prick. But, and those things you can't control. You can't control what he's going to be like. You can't control what a twat he is. What you can control is if they stay at your house. I think you have to point-blank refuse and just go, it's not a thing. Staying around the house is not, is not happening. Do you know what I mean? And I think you just have to say that. You have to just be absolutely upfront about it and go, and that's going to be awkward as fuck. But I think, what would you rather? Have one awkward conversation or have to deal with them coming around and staying over all the time. I mean, I, do, I don't... People staying over... There, there's only a select number of people that I would be happy to have stay around my house. And it has to be out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like staying over at some... I don't know why people want to stay at people's houses. I get it if you go to see a friend that like lives miles away 
and you, everybody Maybe wants Scotland to, or something. Yeah, and everybody wants a drink or whatever, and you can't get. I get that, but twenty minutes away. Fuck off. Get a taxi. What are you doing? What are you doing? Fuck off home. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> it's just mad. It's, so I, I think you know. Just tell them, man. They gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. And um, yeah, maybe. I mean, beyond that, I would consider calling him out when he's been a prick. I mean, I, I, my strategy is always to deal with it in a jokey way, and I know Tom does this as well. You know, when you try and correct someone's behaviour by sort of pretending you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, joking yeah. about it, but actually being serious. Like, oh, that's but yeah. narcissists don't get that. Do you don't reckon? No, 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 no. But I mean, look, good luck, Sprocker Spaniel. It sounds awful. So, I mean, but based on what you've said in your email, he sounds like an absolute prick. You're not in the wrong here. No. Uh, so fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Okay, Tommy. Tommy D. Yo. Uh, we come to the end of another episode of The Wolf and Owl. Uh, have you got something? By the way, no is a is an acceptable answer. I should always... No, I've got something. Okay, got let's something. do it. Go for it. Good luck. Young Eaton Crust was the most adventurous boy in his town. His town at times felt too small for him. He'd almost outgrown it by the age of seven or even eight. Well, he'd always dreamed of adventures on the wild, crazy sea. So at the age of 14 or 15, because this was the olden days and you could get away with working it when you're a bit younger, he joined a boat that was setting sail uh, to try and find new lands and such. He got on the boat and strolled up to the captain and said, I can't wait to see the ocean and all of the waves and the craziness and bedlam that it brings. And the captain said, young man, you're full of all of the uh, ideas of craziness and bedlam, but a lot of the time, the sea runs steady. And for days and for weeks, as the captain said, the sea runs steady. And young Crust got bored and used to look across and look out at sea, and every now and again a seagull would fly past, and that would just be a sign that there was no craziness. And he'd moan and say, oh, my God, I wish, I wish, I wish it was just going to be more crazy. And then one day, a storm hit. It threw the boat around like uh, a little egg cup in a bath as someone gets into the bath and makes loads and loads of movements. (laughs) Young Cross was absolutely terrified. He tried to find anywhere, anywhere on the boat. That he, could, uh, that he could find some kind of steadiness and some kind of sound footing. And he was thrown from side to side and he fell on the floor. And the captain grabbed him and took him to his cabin and sat him down and Crust said, oh my God, oh my God, it's so much more rough and so much more crazy than I ever thought. I'm terrified. And the old captain looked at him in the eye and said, this is what a storm is, young Crust. I've forgotten your first name. Eaton. Yes, listen, young Eton. When we're we're sailing or navigating through life, it's always hard to just enjoy the settled moments. We're always looking for a storm or some excitement. But actually, just to sit upon the water as we bob away and take in the seagulls and other stuff that flies around or is in the sea is a beautiful thing. And then Eton, as a tear rolls down his face, looks at the old captain and says, I'm going to treasure every day on the boat 
Well, we're on settled water from now. And the captain ruffled his hair and gave him a glass of rum. And they waited for the storm to die down. And when it did, they both walked out upon the ship's deck. And they looked across and they could see land and they could see for miles and miles. And young Eaton Crush smiled and he took in the serenity for what it was. Sometimes it's fine just to bob along. Don't always look for the storm. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, JT, Yo. could you play us out of the podcast with a little bit of Camel Toe by Stylo G, please? Oh, I think everyone's going to love that tune. Uh, guys, take care of yourselves. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out. One love. Nice. She turned round then go down slow. She put the pussy for me like said the rent poor. Every man want know Me will vote for the pussy They like talent show She bad, she a show Camel too She bad, she a show Camel too She bad, she a show Camel too Me will vote for the pussy They like talent show Wine for me baby Do it non-stop You me attack with the most comeback Wine for me baby Do it non-stop Feel the pussy They me want cut a ganja If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.